today we're going to talk about the Lord of the Sabbath, the Lord of the Sabbath. And look, I know right now we have a lot going on. School is starting up. Parents, I know that you're a little stressed, um, but God can give you rest today. God can give you rest today. You don't have to go home to get rest. God can give you rest right now. God through the Holy Spirit can give you rest. I'm going to keep saying that because some of you guys need to hear that. God can give you rest even now when you're seated. You don't have to go somewhere for rest. He is rest. And so we're going to talk about the Lord of the Sabbath. Why don't you just uh, join me in bowing your heads and closing your eyes. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you, God, that you are good. We thank you, Lord, that you are who you say you are. You do what you say you will do. And, Father, we are just wanting you to come rest on us, God. Father, it doesn't matter what's going on outside. It doesn't matter what life can throw at us, God. We need rest. And, Father, if you are the Lord of the Sabbath, we come to you asking you, Lord, to give us rest this morning. And give us understanding. Give us revelation to walk into the next season with what we need in our hands. It's in Jesus' name, God, that we declare shalom over us, God. Shalom means nothing lacking, nothing missing, a spiritual divine peace, and it surpasses all understanding. Father, we just declare this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. This morning, we're going to be reading out of Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12, if you have your Bibles or you're taking notes. Um, what we have to cover is, is a few points to get to the end. So uh, who in here is familiar with VCRs and cassette tapes? Okay. All right. Do you remember whenever the, the cassettes would start messing up and you'd have a tracking button? Okay. When your mind starts distorting, I need you to hit your tracking button and say, okay, I need to get this word in my life right now. Uh, I'm not going to think about the beans on the stove or anything else. I'm going to track right now. I need a track. Some of us need a tracking button. So uh, Matthew chapter 12. And to give context, this is what is going on. Matthew chapter 9, Jesus is preaching and teaching, as you can imagine. He's going through all the cities and villages around the Sea of the Galilee. With him are his disciples. And as you can imagine, the crowds following them all around as he's ministering. Matthew chapter 10 Jesus instructs the 12 disciples, this is how I'm going to send you out. This is how you're supposed to minister. Then we get to Matthew 11. It says, he went out from there. He taught and preached in their cities. Jesus was a busy man. Can you imagine? I mean, he had to literally live on borrowed time. And many times he was away from home. And so this is why you can imagine Jesus falling asleep in a boat. When the waves are raging. How many of you have the gift to sleep through anything in here? Right? The alarm sounding, the burglar already took all your things and you're still sound asleep. Um, this is where Jesus was, where he needed his Sabbath. He needed his rest in order to continue his ministry. And so we're at Matthew chapter 12, verse 1. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath his disciples were hungry, and they began to pluck heads of grain and to eat. But when the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. Verse 3, he said to them, Have you not read? Notice how he responds. Have you not read 
what David did when he was hungry and those who were with him. How he entered the house of God and ate of the bread of the presence, which, is not, which it was not lawful for him to eat, nor for those who were with him, but only for the priests. Or have you not read in the law how on the Sabbath the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are guiltless? Verse 6, I tell you, something greater. Everyone say, something greater. Something greater than the temple is here. And if you had known what this means, I, desi I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the guiltless. Verse 8, for the Son of Man, Jesus himself, is the Lord of the Sabbath. For the Son of Man, Jesus himself, is the Lord of the Sabbath. How many of you have read that passage a few times and you just kind of scan over it and say, well, it sounds like Jesus broke a law and he just kept living his life. A lot of times it's taught that way, but you have to understand, Jesus did not break any laws. If Jesus was God's spotless lamb, if he was a perfect sacrifice, he couldn't have broken the Mosaic law. And if he did, then we're worshiping the wrong Messiah. Jesus did not break the law, and that's why he himself said, I did not come to abolish the law or the prophets, but I have come to fulfill them. Jesus was not breaking laws. What he was breaking were people's ideas of what the law was supposed to be. So at that time, everyone say, at that time. At that time. Um, is anyone like me? You read something and you have to read it like 20 times. When, when, what time is this, right? What time was Jesus doing these things? Well, it tells you the day it was the Sabbath. And so the Sabbath, even to this day, the nation of Israel rests from Friday at sundown to Saturday at sundown. They rest. Now, they don't really go out on vacation to Disneyland. They are supposed to rest together as a family, as a unit. And the day of rest is meant for us to remember who gave us the day of rest and why we worship him. And so it, it's going on either Friday evening or Saturday morning, but we know this is a day. Now, why is the Sabbath such a big deal? And before we go into this, don't get freaked out. I'm not going to make you buy a prayer shawl from Israel I'm not going to make you grow your hair out on the sides. This is simply to, to tell you, God designed the Sabbath for his people to enjoy. But it's up to us to either enjoy a day of rest or to keep being disobedient to God's commandments. God designed the Sabbath for us to rest. And I'll give you one quick example. The Ten Commandments. We love using that. We love posting the Ten Commandments everywhere, especially here in West Texas, right? We see the Ten Commandments, but we always tend to violate one commandment. Even if you obey your parents, even if you don't lie, even if you don't murder, even if you obey your parents, we tend to violate one law, the fourth commandment, which is to keep the Sabbath day, keep it holy, to honor it. Why do we do that? Why is it that everything else we can throw in and say, I believe this, but not taking a day of rest? You see what we're cutting ourselves short from there? God designed rest so that we could be refreshed. You know, Numbers 21, this has been the sign of the covenant between God and his people. He, tell, he tells him in verse 16, Therefore the people of Israel shall keep the Sabbath, observing the Sabbath throughout their generations as a covenant forever. You know what's interesting? When I read the word forever in Hebrew, Greek, English, Spanish, it's still forever. 
So he's telling them, you're supposed to keep this commandment forever, not for my sake, for your sake. Not for God's sake, for your sake. Now, some of you have been probably on schedules and hitches where you work 14 days on, 7 days on. You could still find rest in that time. God can supernaturally give you rest as long as you say, Lord, I need it. Lord, I need rest. And it's not going to come from being at home because trust me, when you get a house and you have weeds growing and everything else, it's probably one of the last things you can do. But God designed the day of rest for us to enjoy. So he goes on to say, it's a sign forever between, between me and the people of Israel. Why? Because six days the Lord made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day he rested, and what happened? He was refreshed. Some of us are wondering, when am I going to leave Odessa, Texas? When am I going to go to the beach? When am I going to go to the city? And when am I going to rest? It's only going to happen when you ask the Lord to teach you how to rest. You don't know how to rest by yourself. You're going to turn the TV on. You're going to find things to do. Only God can teach us how to rest. And so we keep uh, going on with Matthew 12. His disciples were hungry. And that Greek word, they're hungry, could mean physically or metaphorically. And that means that as they were following Jesus, when he was preaching and teaching in these villages, they were hungry, not only for food, but for revelation. The disciples were hungry not only for food, but for revelation. Are you tracking with me? They were hungry, but they would not stop following Jesus. They were hungry, but they didn't make an excuse and say, Jesus, I got a brisket in the oven, and, and I'll come back in about half a day. Let me make sure it's seasoned. No. Right. They left everything behind and said, Lord, we're hungry, but we're following you. And we can't go anywhere else because only you have words of eternal life. We're not going to leave your side. So they were hungry. But then the Pharisees saw what they did. They grabbed some of the, the harvest there that had come up, and they threshed it between their hands, and they started eating from those crops on the Sabbath. Now, if you know anything about the Sabbath, you'll know that people can be religious about it, just like people could be religious about church. Pharisees today can be considered the modern-day religious individuals in churches. And how could I tell you that? Women can't do this. You shouldn't be doing that. You shouldn't be wearing this. You can't preach this way. You can't teach this way. The Holy Spirit doesn't do that. Even though the Bible says we say that we don't believe in that or we don't practice that. And if you don't do these things, then we believe that you're not saved. That's a modern-day Pharisee for you. Instead of going back to the Word of God, they make their own codes and regulations. How far did the Pharisees go? Let me show you 39 categories of the Sabbath, which is really funny. They go on to tell you that you cannot do any of these things on the Sabbath day. And only about three of those things are actually listed in the Bible that you cannot do. One of them that's the most known is kindling or turning on a fire. But this is what religiosity does. The Bible says this, but I think I want to do things this way. This is why Jesus says, have you not read? See, something powerful happens when you read the word and you know what it says. Something powerful happens when you know Jesus' words 
and you don't manipulate them or repeat what other people have manipulated for years. Yeah. Cleanliness is next to godliness. How many of you have heard that? That's not Bible. But some of us say it like it is. So can you believe, believe it or not, that preachers and pastors can say, and they've said this in the past, that Jesus broke the law, that he did not obey. And because he was the son of God, he could do whatever he wanted. That's just not true. And I'll show you. Deuteronomy 23. This is saying that if you go into your neighbor's standing grain, you may pluck the ears with your hand, but you shall not put a sickle to your neighbor's standing grain. Did you read anything in that verse about a Sabbath? Everyone say no. Because if you read the context and the following verses, it's not even talking about the Sabbath. See what religion does? They take scripture out of context and say, this is what you can't do because we say. Jesus wasn't breaking the law. So I need you to pay attention to these next things. As Jesus was accused of breaking the law, he responded with the word. He said to them, have you not read what David did when he was hungry? Now, this is um, an interesting story because we're going to see how David really worked and how it ties into Jesus. But I want to show you a table of shoe bread because it's going to come in handy with our scriptures here. And I think my... Pages are a little out of whack here. There we go. The temple sacrifice. I'm going to show you this picture here. And this was done seven days a week. Everyone say seven. Seven. Jesus said, or excuse me, the Bible says, you shall work for six days and on the seventh day you shall do no ordinary work. You shall honor it. You shall keep it holy. It's a Sabbath day. But the priest had to sacrifice all seven days. So Jesus turns around to the Pharisees and says, if you guys really want to condemn someone, why don't you condemn the temple priests? They're slaughtering these animals. They have to burn them as a sacrifice to the Lord. If anyone is guilty, it's a priest. However, since God allowed it, they are guiltless. You see, Jesus knew the word. The Pharisees knew a version of the word. And so the sacrifice was done Every day, and even on the Sabbath day, there was a morning sacrifice at 9 and an evening sacrifice at 3 p.m. Everyone say 3 p.m. That's got to come in handy. Make sure you're pressing tracking in your mind. Don't let, it, don't let it go out of this room, okay? Mr. Gaddy's is going to stay right there where it's always been. 3 p.m. was the evening sacrifice. And then Jesus says, I tell you, something greater than the temple is here. Notice. He makes them realize what the word says, what's going on around them. And he says, but something greater than that is here, the kingdom of heaven. So let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 21. This is all going to connect. We're going to read about Jesus' great, 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 great grandfather, David, King David. Remember, he's a descendant of King David. And this is a story of King David escaping. He's fleeing for his life from King Saul. David was anointed king. However, he hadn't been crowned king at this point. And he's running for his life. And this is chapter 21. Then David said to Nob, or, or sorry, <laughs> David came to Nob to Ahimelech, which is a priest. 
And Ahimelech came to meet David, trembling, and said to him, Why are you alone, and no one with you? Now then, what do you have on hand? Listen to this. David said, Give me five loaves of bread. Everyone say five. five. Give me five loaves of bread, or whatever is here. And the priest answered David, I have no common bread on hand, but there is holy bread. If the young men have kept themselves from women... And David answered the priest, truly, women have been kept from us, as always when I go on expedition. The vessels of the young men are holy, even when it is an ordinary journey. How much more today will their vessels be holy? Listen to this, verse 6. So the priest gave him the holy bread. For there was no bread but the bread of the presence, which is removed before the Lord to be replaced by hot bread on the day it is taken away. Some of you guys are reading that like, what does this have to do with the Sabbath? Watch. What day was the bread removed from the presence of the Lord? It was after the Sabbath ended. After 3 p.m., the oncoming Levites would come in, and they were about to switch roles for the week. Okay, now I'm taking over, right? They were the new, the new employees of the temple at that point. And so they're switching out their roles, but they're also changing out the bread and it happened on the sabbath if it would have happened on any other day probably david would have had common bread to eat but he came when there was nothing to eat you see bread is used always on the sabbath as a blessing to bless the sabbath so king david showed up and there was no common bread but there was the bread from the presence holy bread bread that had been in the face of god for seven days. Now, David asked for five loaves, but on the table of shoe bread, they could show you a picture here. On the table of shoe bread, there was one loaf of bread for every tribe. So, how many pieces were there? All right? So, David asked for five, and he got 12. I need you to remember that. He asked for five, and he got 12. See, in God's kingdom, those who hunger will be nourished. This is not just a physical thing, guys. When you're hungry to see God move in your family, when you're hungry to see God move in this fast, he's going to give you something. But we have to be like the disciples, chasing them down. Jesus, where are you leading me to next? I'm hungry, but I'm going to grab this Chipotle to go, and I'm following you, Jesus. Amen. amen. Someone said amen to that Chipotle. So David asked for common bread for survival, but God gave him bread filled with revelation. How do we know that? Psalm 37, verse 25, King David is older at this point, and this is the verse that he wrote. It's not on the screen, but he wrote, I have been young and now I'm old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging for bread. David himself had that experience where he thought he could perish. He had nothing to eat. He was so desperate that he went to the priest and says, I'll take anything that you can give me. And God said, instead of giving you common bread, something that fills your stomach, I'm going to give you bread that also fills your spirit. Because the bread that was at the the presence of God was now distributed to King David. So let's continue, verse 8 in 1 Samuel 21. Then David said to Ahimelech, Then have you not here a spear or a sword at hand? 
For I have brought neither my sword nor my weapons with me, because the king's business requires haste. Verse 9, And the priest said, The sword of Goliath the Philistine, whom you struck down in the valley of Elah, behold, it is here wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod. We also say ephod. If you will take that, take it, for there is none but that here. And David said, There is none like that. Give it to me. David asked for how many loaves? How many were given? David asked for a weapon. What was he given? A sword, but it was wrapped in a priestly garment. He asked for five loaves of bread. He received 12. He asked for one weapon, but he was given two things, a sword and a priestly garment, which it was wrapped in. Remember that in your mind. Now let's go back to Jesus. Jesus had been preaching. We, we read through Matthew 12. Again, he was going into the synagogues, healing those that were sick. He was casting out demons. He should have had his own reality show. I'm convinced it would have been one of the best. He taught the crowds, and then he goes over to, by the sea, and the crowds follow him. Again, this is happening on the Sabbath. Remember, they're not working. They're listening to the teaching. So Matthew 14 Verse 13 says this, Now when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate place by himself. Everyone say, by himself. Did you know that Jesus wasn't by himself? When he would retreat, he would go to the Father. When he would retreat, he would go to the Lord in prayer and say, Lord, what is your will for me next? Jesus wasn't by himself. He was with the Lord. Then it says, um, But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them, and he healed their sick. Now when it was evening, everyone say evening. Evening. So now the Sabbath is done. The Sabbath is over. It's the first day of the week. It's what we would call a Sunday. Now when it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the day is now over. Send the crowds away to go into the villages and to buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, they need not go away. You give them something to eat. Who did he tell? The disciples. You, not us. You give them something to eat. They said to him, we have only how many loaves? Five. Everyone say five. five. We have only five loaves here and two fish. We have only five loaves and only two fish. And he said, bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass or the fields. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven. He said a blessing. He broke the loaves and gave it to the disciples. Notice who gave it out. And the disciples gave them to the crowds. Jesus didn't hand them out. Jesus simply blessed it. And he gave it to the disciples to hand out. And they all ate and they were satisfied. And they took up how many baskets? Twelve baskets full of broken pieces left over. How many loaves did he have? Five. How many fish? Two. How many were left over? Twelve. And those who ate were about 5,000 men beside women and children. What does a thousand mean? Thousand means 
It's a fullness of quantity. It means that it's reached one of its highest capacities that it could. So with five, the number of grace, the number of favor, it was given five loaves of grace to Jesus. And Jesus took that gracious little basket of bread and he fed 5,000, the fullness of grace. And they had two fish. David asked for one weapon, but he was given two things. He was given a sword and a priestly garment of praise. Number two means union. It could mean division sometimes, but mostly it's a verification of facts by witnesses. So let's backtrack. The only reason we see five and two is because Jesus' great-great-great-great-great-grandpa, great-great-great, before he's even accounted for as a king, he hears that there is a giant and he is spewing blasphemies to the children of Israel. So he says, I can take this guy down and I don't need any equipment. I don't need any shields or swords. So he goes down to the brook and how many stones did he take? Five. He took five smooth stones. But when you read the story, it says he didn't pick them out with his hand. He had a staff. So he took the staff and he picked the stones. He took five stones with the staff, and on the other hand, he had a sling. He had a weapon. Why is that important? Because when he comes to to Goliath, Goliath said, you come to me with sticks. All he could see was a staff. From there, we see the number five of grace and two of union, and it goes down all the way to Jesus' point of reference. So he took those five smooth stones and he had a staff which a shepherd holds, which it can mean it's also a, a way to lean on that thing, but he also had a weapon. I'm not going to get into what the fish could represent, but this is how important it is to pay attention to detail. Going back to Jesus, the disciples didn't even know that they were going to feed these crowds, but you know where you missed it? When they were in the fields, they threshed the grains and they got the seeds. They ate the seeds. It wasn't only seeds for food, but seeds of the word and faith. Jesus is also called the bread of life. He's the bread from heaven. So when that faith in the seeds inside that body touched the bread of life, Multiplication happened. Miracles happened. I I don't want you to miss that because it's easy to miss that. The seed was inside the disciples. All they had to do was believe that Jesus was going to do something. I believe that we're in a season here at Kingdom that if you come with your five loaves and two fish, God's going to do something with it. If you come ready to fast and lean in to see what the Lord is saying, he's going to do something with it. And not only that, he's going to leave you 12 baskets left over. But it's when we obey him. But when was Jesus able to do this? After he rested on the Sabbath. See, the Sabbath was not created so that we could say it's a good idea. As a matter of fact, in Jewish liturgy today, they say that the people were not created the Sabbath, but the Sabbath was created for man. And it wasn't man who kept the Sabbath, but the Sabbath that kept man. See, we're, we're here and there and we're gone. 
But rest is a place, it's a destination, it's a thing that you can only access when you know God. God is waiting on us to hunger for revelation this next season here at Kingdom. And you don't have to be a part of it, but if you're called to kingdom, I believe God is even stirring something in your heart right now. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life, and whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and he won't thirst. He's literally telling them, when you come to me, I'm your provision. Some of us in here are still debating on how we could find a day of rest. Let me just tell you this. Unless you ask God how you need to rest you're never going to find out how. And rest doesn't mean going on vacation and being on call. Rest means, God, I just want to be with you today. I want my family to know what it means to rest. Matthew 12, verse 6, he said, something greater than the temple is here. He was telling him that the Son of Man, the, the Lord of the Sabbath was here. And that he came to bring down a kingdom. A kingdom that the world can't understand. But it's a kingdom that we can find rest and peace, provision, healing, wholeness, blessing. But we had to learn how to rest. You know, we're going into this 21-day fast at a very unique time. It tends to happen this way, but it's the ending of the Hebrew calendar in September, and we're starting the year 5782. And if you've ever heard of any rabbis teach, it's going to be a Shemitah year. A Shemitah year means it's a year of release. Do you need some things to be released? Or do you just, do you just like the idea, but you don't want to lean into it? If you need some things to release, then you need to come with your five loaves and two fish. I think that, that kingdom church this year, we got to fast like if our life depended on it. I think we need to pray like our families are falling apart and we need God to intervene. Above anything, I think we need to obey what God's asking us to do and what he's asking us to fast. Not what's easy, but what he's calling you to do. Yeah. Talking to my coffee lovers like me. Don't say, God wouldn't make me give up coffee. How, how much do you want to know him? Right. And how much do you love him? Yeah. He's asking for obedience. Yeah. And sometimes we give him sacrifice instead. I just want to challenge you. Make a list. Make a list for those 21 days. But do it now. Don't do it next Sunday when you have one day to go grocery shopping and you figure it out. You're going to do a Daniel fast and you don't even know what that means. You just, I mean, you chill out in a den with some lions or what's, no, that's not the Daniel fast. You need to be prepared on what you're going to do. Make a list day by day. Put a family member's name. God, on the first day, I dedicate my marriage to you. God, on the second day, I'm praying for my family. On the third day, my kids. On the fourth day, for sickness. On the fifth day, you got to make a list and pray about it. Yeah. It's not one thing to say you're fasting if we're not praying. 
So God is ready to give revelation to those who are hungry. Not only that, this is what God says, even in Deuteronomy, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. What's God asking you to do? Some of you feel like you don't even have five loaves. You have sardines. You don't even have fish. Give it to God and see what he can do.